Hey everybody, quick little prologue for the episode. Wasn't planned, but I just went on a little bit of a ramble. The first like 21, 22 minutes today, we're just talking, we're just talking the future, like this year, the Detroiter, the second string, what we're doing with the brand, just planned for 2022. So if you're interested in that, I love you. You're the fucking best. You you're you're gonna have the best week ever. Everything good in life is gonna happen to you. Um keep going. If you're not interested in that, <clears throat> Ouch, that fucking hurts. May as well just stick a knife in my eyelid. Fine, though. It's what it is. Everyone, you know, everyone has their thing. Just fast forward to the 22-minute mark. All right. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Shout out, RA. Shout out to Spittin' Chicklets. This is The Detroiter, hosted by yours truly. My name's Nick Bradley, presented by The Second String and thesecondstring.com. Folks, we're covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten States. Um, we're the number one podcast in the Motor City in the Mitten State. We're the number one outlet for sports in the Motor City in the Mitten State. We are the number one entertainment value index, gross, highest grossing podcast in the Motor City in the Mitten State. How's that? How's that for just a, a fucking plethora of statistics and achievements? Welcome back. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Hope you're having a wonderful Monday morning, Monday afternoon, whenever you may be listening. Hope your day's going great. Um, I, I don't have a ton today. College football's over, right? We got the natty tonight. The Lions did beat Green Bay. That's what I want to talk about. I just want to talk about the Lions. And we still will do a full-on, like, sit-down, deep-dive podcast going over the Lions. I don't know when exactly. I keep saying, like, within the next two weeks, but now that football really is over, like there will be, unless, you know, something crazy happens, there won't be any new storylines regarding Michigan, Michigan State, or Detroit, the Lions, that is. There won't be any new big storylines, no games, nothing really happening for the foreseeable future. The Tigers, same deal. It will just be Pistons and Red Wings, and as far, and then college basketball. And as far as the Pistons are concerned, they may not, or they may not as well exist. So, with that said, I kind of feel like, even though it'd be nice to do these the full Lions breakdown or the full MSU or the full Michigan season review, like close to the season ending, while it's still fresh, while people are still caring and talking about it, I also like I'm kind of thinking like, what's another week? You know, what's another week? It's uh, does it really matter? Like I'm gonna it's gonna get dry real fucking quick, real goddamn quick like a turkey leaving the oven too long real dry real quick so i kind of like the idea of having what i think would be a great podcast i think i would love to talk about it like those are of anything i'm going to talk about over the next month let's say the season reviews and like the season look forwards are for sure the ones i'm most excited like i can't wait to sit down for 40 minutes 45 an hour and just talk about the Lions season this year and talk about next year i can't wait to do that for Michigan state. I can't wait to do that for Michigan. I'm still excited. Like the red wings, you know, I'm still excited to follow them, talk about the red wings, but it's where the wings are at. I can't do, I can't do an hour on the wings every week, every two weeks. Like they're not good enough to get to that point, right? They're still, they lost again tonight to Anaheim in a heartbreaker. They're still not, they're fighting, they're competing. They're trying to make that playoff run. Like we've talked about, but they're still not quite there yet. Um, they're fucking way more entertaining and interesting than the Pistons. Like I, I honest to God, I know the NBA way more popular. I get that, but like, really like the Pistons, 
how do so many more people care about them than the Red Wings? It blows my mind. And I know it's hockey, but like they're fucking pathetic, dude. Like I have people and I feel kind of bad because I want to do everything in Detroit. And one day, don't get it twisted. One day I'll be like 45 years old and the Pistons finally like enter relevancy. They finally do something of note. I'll talk about them. I'll be happy to do it. I'll be excited. I'll watch some games. Like when that day comes, I'll be there. Call it a fair weather fan. Fine, dude. I don't, whatever. Like I just, I'm not going to watch the dog shit Pistons for the 12th year in a row. Like that doesn't interest me at all. I don't know how it interests anybody. Granted, I've done it with the Red Wings and I could also see people saying, how do you watch the Red Wings when they're historically bad? So I, I see, you know, I see both sides, but when the Pistons time does come, when interesting things do happen, when they get Paolo Banchero in this year's draft, when next year comes around, like we'll talk Pistons. Do you want to hear me talk the second worst team in the NBA? Do you want to hear me talk about a team that has like, I don't know, nothing going for it outside of Cade Cunningham? Like I just can't do it. And to talk about it, I want to watch the games. Lord knows I'm not doing that. So it's just like a rock and a hard place I find myself in. Um, Red Wings, obviously a little easier and we'll have plenty, plenty of college hoops, but that's the other thing. Like that's, what's nice about football is it is the one game a week. Like you have the one game, a bunch of stuff happens. You can talk about it. And then the next week comes where Red Wings college basketball, they're playing a couple times a week. I'm not going to do a podcast after every game. I'm not going to come on and talk about the Red Wings for a half hour every night that they play. Um, we'll do one episode a week where we'll dive into the wings. We'll talk about the games from that week. We'll talk about where they're going, this, that, the other, whatever storylines are, you know, in the news. Same thing with Michigan State hoops, Michigan hoops. But this is this the meat and potatoes of what I want to do here and what I have done here for the most part has been has been football. It has been college football. It has been Detroit Lions football. We had a good run. Uh, the numbers went up significantly last March when Michigan State was making that run with Aaron Henry. And I do, like, don't get it twisted. I fucking love college basketball. I will be talking about it. I'm in a tougher spot now because I just moved to the West Coast. So these games start at like 435, 4 o'clock, and I'm still at work. And it's I'm fucking handcuffed. I, I'm lucky to watch the second half, which blows. But I will still be following. I will still be paying attention. I still am all in, dude. I'm still completely invested. Like, don't get any of that twisted at all. I'm still here for MSU hoops, Michigan hoops. But, 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 it will it will kind of dry up, I think, once football is totally done. with. Once we're over and done with the season reviews, it will dry up a little bit, especially if baseball's not starting. There's nothing to talk about there because think about it. Baseball, like the next couple of months, baseball starts to heat up a little bit. Typically, as basketball dies, baseball heats up. Same as hockey dies, baseball heats up. And then we have baseball to carry us through the summer, which has brought me to another thought. Um, this is kind of this is a lot of fucking prologue before talking about the lines today. But that brought me to another thought, which is this. If there is no baseball, if they lock out the season, uh, I'd love to hear some suggestions on things to talk about this summer. And we can cross the bridge when we get there for sure. But I would love, like, I'm thinking maybe a game review, like, oh, Michigan State, Ohio State at the shoe in 2015. Like, we'll do a 30-minute episode just talking about that game. Or the Lions, ugh, the Lions, I don't know, like, 
I don't know, the Dallas comeback, whatever year that was. You know what game I'm talking about. His Chris Durham made that catch on the sideline. Like, talk about that, a 30-minute episode on that. The Red Wings, when they won the Cup, like the, the playoffs in 08. I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. Different things like that. Obviously, during the summer, there will be some college football, some Lions football stuff going on. So there'll be some stuff there. But I'm trying to think, like, if they lock out baseball, we got to find some stuff to talk about. I might have to go. We might have to turn this into a Detroit sports history podcast for a few months there, or maybe open it up. Talk about the league more or talk about, you know, nationwide more just league stories. Who knows? Who knows? We'll cross that bridge when we get there, but I'm just kind of planning it out, putting out what I'm thinking, kind of laying out the plans, laying out the blueprints for 2022, especially because like I said, when we ended last year, I feel like we're hitting a a inflection point. <laughs> How's that for a vocab word? You you pass calculus? Uh, inflection point. Yeah, I pass calculus. You think I'd use inflection point if I didn't? I think we hit a little bit of an inflection point where the numbers on the podcast starting to heat up, the TikTok starting to heat up, Twitter's we're heating up a little bit. Like it's almost like we finally we were spinning wheels on air and we finally touched a little ground and made a little movement, gained a little ground to quote my good friend Mel Tucker. It feels like we're starting to get there, which has gassed me up, which has made me pumped beyond my dreams before for 2022, which has made me excited not only to keep doing what we've been doing and keep growing and keep taking over Detroit sports media, but like it's made me excited to to think of new ideas to think of more stuff. I've said it a couple times. I want to get into video content and I will. Um, I've just moved into my apartment. We're still waiting for some things. I want to make kind of a cool set. I mean, I want to get like a desk, a chair. I want to put some cool artwork behind me, some second string stuff. So I'm kind of waiting like a ring light. I want it to be fairly decent quality. So there's things I'm waiting for to come in the mail and I'm still, you know, I don't have a fucking television. I don't have a bed I'm sleeping on an air mattress. So everything's kind of getting pieced together one by one. Um, I do want to do video content. Like I said, like two, three videos a week, we will continue to do these. I do want to do more, uh, live stuff where like you guys can ask me things where we're communicating more. I did. I went live on TikTok last week. Good time. Good time. At one point I had a couple hundred people in the room. It was fucking unbelievable. That's an insane number of people like over 50. We're there. That's an insane number of people. Um, I like that. I did it at a random fucking time too. It was like 8 p.m. here, 11 a.m. on the east or 11 p.m. on the east coast. So I'd love to do those like Wednesdays at six or Wednesdays at six Pacific, nine Eastern. Like we'll do the live stream. We'll go on 30 minutes, maybe an hour. We'll talk about whatever. You guys ask me questions. Maybe we, if there's a way, like I know Twitter Spaces, you can double speak. Whatever. We'll figure something out. So. I'm excited. I got a ton planned. I want to start expanding the second string side of this because for now, all the content I do is Detroiter. It's Detroit sports. It's Red Wings, Lions, Pistons, MSU, Michigan, which is great, which I'm always going to do, which is the reason I started, which is what I'd like to, you know, knock on wood one day be hired for is being a Detroit guy somewhere, being the dude who covers Detroit somewhere. But at the same time, I am interested in other things like I fucking watch World War II documentaries for fun. I like talking about movies. I like going to the movies. I like jokes. I like comedy. I like random stories. I like, you know, sports that aren't just focused on Detroit. I like a lot of different things. The second string, I want to tap into that a little bit, get more 
I, I don't know. I feel like I try to be pretty funny on the TikToks, <laughs> I, I, like as it is. And, and by that, I mean, um, I, I generally, yeah, like the, the things I say, I'm behind the idea, but I'm fucking embellishing it like crazy. I'm over there acting like a clown, which is the point. Um, people come on and they're like, oh my God, you're biased. Oh, you think I'm biased? You think I'm a state fan? No fucking way. What gave you that impression? What You think I'm a... You think I'm a, I'm a biased MSU fan? No shit, dude. So I do a good amount of that, but then I'll do the videos where it's more serious. I still try to slip in the jokes. I want to do, I want to do more national stuff. So the biggest sports story in the country that day, maybe it's Detroit related, probably not playing the statistics and talk about that, make jokes about that, grow that audience. So I'll always love the Michigan audience. I want that to be my core audience. And I think that will be the core, but I want to expand a little bit. We can get out of Michigan. We can make this a national thing. We can bring in friends from other states. Who doesn't love meeting new people, right? I did a ton of it this weekend, and it was a fucking blast. It fired me up. So there's a ton of stuff I have planned. And I do want to do another episode. I'll probably do one next week um, talking about implementing that plan because I have thought about YouTube for this video content, which would be, you know, it seems like the de facto route. It seems like, oh yeah, you want to do video? You're going to do YouTube. It seems like a foregone conclusion, but I recently listened to a podcast by uh, Mike Studd, also known as Just Mike. Most of you know, most of you may not, I don't know. And he was talking about the idea of like people who do YouTube, if you want to make a living, even, even like a modest living, like you just pay rent you can buy groceries. Maybe you go out once in a while, like nothing crazy. You're not buying a fucking yacht. You're not going to Tulum twice a year, nothing like that. If you just want to make a living, like, bro, you got to get hundreds of thousands of views, hundreds of thousands. Like that's, that's a, that's an insane number. I feel like my TikTok is going pretty wild for my, like when I see 10,000 people watch the video, I, do you know what that number? 10,000, 10,000 people watch the video, 10,000 people, 10,000 people. That's an insane fucking number of people. And I've had a few where it's a hundred thousand, 200, 200,000 people watched me talk about something. 200,000 people watched me talk about Kenneth Walker. What's up, bro. That's a fucking what's up, dude. That's an insane number. And it's only happened a couple times. And the videos are 60 seconds. Getting that to happen for eight minute, nine minute, 10 minute videos where I'm starting from ground zero seems like a little bit, you know, it would be a struggle. I was prepared to do it. I That was the plan. I was like, fuck it, dude. Just like the podcast, just like the TikTok. I'm going to post. I'm going to entertain. I'm going to do what I like to do. I'm going to talk about what I want to talk about. I'm going to try to be funny. I'm going to try to make it better. We're going to try to make this... Again, maybe nothing that I'm ever like, oh, holy shit, it's the second string guy, but something where it's, okay, this is my job. This is my whatever. I have a fucking one-bedroom apartment. I can eat food, and I can hang out with my friends on the weekends. Yep, that's the dream. That is quite literally my dream scenario. That is. I graduated college. I started doing this, and now I'm like, that is kind of like whatever the next 60 years, hopefully, hopefully I live a long time. RIP Bob Saget. You never know. Live each day. Like it's, it's your last carpe diem. RIP, RIP Bob Saget. But I'm like, that's just what I'm going to do now. Yeah. I'll have a job. I'll do stuff. I'll hang out. But like my life now is just going to be, all right, I'm going to do this until one day this can become my job. 
And then when this becomes my job, that's what I'm going to do. And then when I have free time, I'll go do others. So like, that's my, that's my dream. That's my life's mission right now. So I will be doing the video content, but I thought about, is it smarter to, to try and grow a following on YouTube and, you know, you're getting hundreds of thousands of views a month or the idea that these guys, Mike and uh, his producer, John Kilmer, were talking about in their podcast, which when I heard it, I had like a come to Jesus moment. When I heard it, I was like, what's up? What's up? This is fucking, this just changed how my brain operates. This just changed everything on my perspective. And their thought was, instead of going on YouTube and trying to bring in hundreds of thousands of viewers and fans, what if you, like this is the way the age of the creator's moving, the age of the musician, the age of any type of artist. This is the way it's going with the internet and all these different things. Instead of getting 100,000 people that watch all your videos, what if you just got 1,000 and they pay five bucks a month? You do Patreon. You do an OnlyFans. OnlyFans. <laughs> OnlyFans is all feet, feet picks and sex. So maybe not OnlyFans, maybe a Patreon. But they were like, dude, you don't need to get 500 views on a video or 500,000 views on a video. You don't need to have a million subscribers. You just need to have a thousand people that are fans of what you do and are willing to pay you a couple bucks a month to watch it, to enter, to interact with you, to be, to bring the relationship closer. And that I, I heard that and I was like, holy shit, that's what I want to do. I think, I think that's the way to go. And it may take a long time. Who knows? Maybe it'll take longer to grow versus growing to YouTube. But the idea of Dude, I just need a thousand. Like if I did a $5 a month Patreon, I just need a thousand people to want to be a part of that. I just need 1000 people to be interested in doing something like that. And now you can live and now I can buy groceries. I can eat food and go and hang out. Like now that's it. Now I'm done. That's it. It blew my mind. I don't know how many people would pay today five dollars a month to, to to be a part of that i don't know maybe some maybe not but what i'm thinking is doing a patreon like that maybe doing i don't know two episodes a week let's say two videos a week go on youtube something like that and then three more videos so five total on the patreon let's say the two podcasts go out the detroit two episodes of the detroiter go out every week okay what if those were those were on YouTube. Those were recorded, but you only get that through the Patreon. What if that weekly 30-minute, 40-minute, 50-minute, whatever, TikTok live, or we could do a Twitch thing, we could figure something out. What if that was just available towards Patreon things? Or we did it twice a week. We did it one once a week for everyone, and then once more a week, or twice more a week for the Patreon subscribers. What if we gave out three shirts slash hoodies slash crewnecks a week? We got the clothes. A lot of people, you know, people have come through that where they put, see the design and now they're just kind of here for the ride. I think it's one of, I mean, it's like my favorite part about the business or, or what I'm trying to do about the brand. I enjoy, I enjoy the content. I love trying to make jokes. I think it's, it's just my brain always thinking about how, what's funny about this, <laughs> but I do love, I love the streetwear. I love the sportswear. I love the art. I love just changing the way sportswear looks. I love the fact that I this I don't want this to sound fucking like, oh, go me. I want it to sound more like just what's happening and what people have access to now. It's like you can buy an MSU shirt and it, the art is outside of the box. It's fucking cool. Like it's it's 
trendy. It's streetwear. You can wear it out and people will ask you, like, they do want to know where you got it. They are, they catch their eye. They like, oh shit, what's that shirt? Like maybe they don't even say anything. Oh, what kind of shirt is that? Like that guy's got a cool, that looks pretty sweet. You wear an MSU shirt. You wear a second string MSU shirt in East Lansing to an MSU game, to an MSU bar if you're in another state. I promise you, people are like, whoa, where'd you get that? That's kind of nice. Like it, it, I love that it sparks interest. I love that it's new. I love that it is more effort than the fucking like, oh, let's just throw the logo on a shirt and sell it for $40. Like it's so lazy. The mainstream sportswear. I love that we're changing it. And I love that it's people who, whether or not they listen to the podcast or follow the content fine, but I love that it's people that it's like, it's when people get stuff, I'm like, yes, you're part of the movement. Like they also are like, yeah, dude, I like the creative, not just a fucking MSU written on a shirt. That's like one of my favorite parts of the brand. And I think a lot of people who have discovered me, even if it was through the content, once they, once they discover the brand, that becomes one of theirs. They're interested to see what's the next Michigan thing. What's the next MSU thing you're going to put out? You're going to put out any lines like they're interested in all of that. Um, I'm excited to grow that. So I'm thinking even another thing, if we did a Patreon, we'll give out three shirts a month. So you get the two bonus live sessions. You get three random people get a free shirt every month. You get three extra YouTube videos, like doing something like that where we're, where we're blasting it up. We're bonusing people that follow along and then we'll still put out stuff for everybody else. We'll still put out stuff for, yeah, maybe you're entertaining me, but, or you like the podcast or you like the TikToks or whatever, but like you could live without me. Fair enough. (laughs) I hate to hear it, but fair enough. (laughs) We can still put out stuff for them too. So that's kind of my idea. That's kind of the plan for 2021. I guess we went over it. If you're listening to this, if you're, if this is like, you're a diehard, if you're listening to this and I love you and I appreciate you. Um, if you're not a diehard and you came here to listen to the lions, I'm sorry that I've just, <laughs> I've just delayed this by 20 minutes, but let me know what you think too. Cause I want to attract people who are fans of Detroit, who want something new in Detroit. Um, I want to hear from the people I'm doing it for. That's the other thing. This year, I feel so much more like interested in you guys. Like I want to meet the people I want to do lives where I'm talking to someone else. I want to meet people. I want to talk people in this, talk to people in this community. I want to like make it feel like, oh, we're friends. Yeah, you watch the videos. Yeah, maybe you have a shirt, but I want it to be like we're friends. We just, yeah, you know, we're fans of the same sports team and we're friends. Like that's how I want it to feel. I want it to feel like that and be big for sure. Um, so I've kind of woken up or not woken up, but like <laughs> begun the new year with that motivation there too, where it's like, I want to make what I do more special for you guys. I don't want it to just be, Oh, the guy I see on YouTube. Oh, the guy I see on TikTok. I want it to be more special. I want it to be more intimate. Cause I think that that's the key. Yeah. If you're Drake and you have 50 billion people that listen to your music every week, yeah, you're probably fine. But if you're me where that's, you know, that might be out of reach. We'll see, but that might be out of reach. It's like, dude, let's just have like a thousand. Let's have a couple thousand people that like are really in tune, really enjoy the shirts, really enjoy the videos. Like, let's just get there. So that's the idea. Let me know. Let me know, everybody. What do you guys think about that? What would you be, uh, what would you think about doing like a three, five bucks a month, something like that for a Patreon? You get a couple videos, you get some shirts or the possibility of free shirts. 
I don't know, maybe like you get 10% off one order every month. Maybe we'll do something like that. I don't know. There's a bunch of different things. What do you think about that? Let me know. Let me know. Um, now we'll do the Lions. So if you stuck it out, like I said, you're a diehard. If you're not a diehard and you stuck it out, you are now a diehard. Congrats. You just earned the fucking badges in the mail. You just earned diehard status. If you're a diehard or if you're here and you're not a diehard because you left the episode and came back, thank you for coming back. Quick break. We'll talk about the Lions today. All right, so the Lions beat the pack. Um, where do where do we start? Where do we start? I can't say I'm like as hyped up this time around. <laughs> Definitely the first game they won, I was fucking jacked. I was ready to run through a brick wall. <laughs> you, <laughs> you straight up, straight up, straight up could have guessed they won a fucking playoff game. I mean, you would have thought they won the Super Bowl. The way I felt, if you could bottle up the the energy and the emotion that was inside of my fucking chest cavity it would it would say it would say we just won the super bowl or that's what it would feel like exact same energy not so much this time around it was fun i had a good time watching it anytime you get to watch your team win it's a fun time that's a fucking fact. I don't care what the sport is. I don't care how much you care, whether you're a big fan or a little fan. Anytime you get to watch your team win, it's a very fun time. That's a fucking fact, dude. And when it's your favorite team in your favorite sport, and it's a team who doesn't win very much, who this win, you know, it but all in all is still a positive for the future. It's fun to watch them win. It is. And I did. I had fun watching them win. Fucking sue me. There it is. And there are people we know they didn't have the or they didn't get the number one pick. Had they lost, they would have the number one pick. But guess what? They got the number two pick. So who fucking cares? And if you do, if you're sitting there all whiny and grumpy that the Lions fucking won, that the Lions have the second pick instead of the first, you need to go take a long look in the mirror. Eat a handful of fucking raisins or something. Drink a glass of water. Slap yourself a couple times. Look at yourself straight and realize what we're doing here. Don't be bummed out when your favorite team loses. Otherwise, maybe sports aren't necessarily for you. If you're interested in playing like the politics, oh, what if this and this and this and this and this, well, this will happen. This is better, actually, technically. If you're trying to do that and it's like, oh, this win was actually bad or this loss was actually good, which some losses are good. But if you're sitting there in a game like this where it's one draft spot there is no generational quarterback there is no generational player the number two pick may as well be the number one pick and if anything if we've learned anything from the history of the detroit lions sure brad holmes has been fucking great so far amon ra i mean that is that says it all sure but According to the Lions history, like not having the decision, probably not the worst, probably not the worst thing in the world. They are still going to get a phenomenal football player at the number two spot. They are going to get, let me repeat, a phenomenal football player. The only way that this is a failure, the only way that this win against Green Bay and getting the second pick versus the number one pick is if there is that quarterback is if there is the Trevor Lawrence, then yeah, that's a bummer because you need that guy. You need, that's the next piece. That's the next piece. I mean, we've seen this team come alive this year. They've done some things in the last half of the season. What these guys are like three, four and one, something like that. Like these guys have been 
a good team the last half. They legitimately, maybe not a good team, but they've been almost a 500 team, a, an okay team, right? A team that will beat you. They don't have a lot of guys, but they don't have the guy. Only way losing the first pick is bad this year is if there is the Trevor Lawrence, which there isn't. So give me the win. Give me the winning culture. Give me the positive energy. Give me people buying in to Dan Campbell. Listen, give me Dan Campbell buying into himself, right? He's always said the right things. He's been a great guy from the start. You've kind of been able to feel the charisma. And again, I don't know if it's me being a fan and drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> I don't fucking care, bro. That's just, it, this is where I'm at. Even though Dan's been great and he said all the right things and never seemed to get down, you never know. Like, you never know if there are nights Dan's driving home from the fucking, I don't, what kind of food do you think Dan Campbell eats? Like Hunter House? You think he's driving up to Hunter House like every Thursday night he's having Hunter House for dinner? What do you think that spot is for him? I, I could see Hunter House every night. Every night on that drive home or every Thursday night on that drive home, home from Hunter House. He could be sitting there like, am I good at this? Do I do I know what I'm do I know what I'm doing? Do I do I understand what it takes to be head coach? Do I understand what it takes to win? You never know. And I hope that wasn't happening. And I don't know if it was, but you never do know. So I like the win for Dan Campbell buying into himself. I like the idea of Dan Campbell going into this offseason, looking back on this season, which by no means was it good. Three and 13 and one or whatever, unacceptable. You need to improve each year. You need to be better than three and 13 and one. That's what Detroit knows. We need something that we don't know. I think going into the offseason now, yeah, the first half of the season, terrible, fucking terrible. Given there were a handful of games, like two, three games should have probably won, like the Ravens game. I still don't understand how they lost that game. Still a handful of games you should have probably won, right? But second half of the season rolls around. Now you got to tie. Now you got to win against the Cardinals. Now you got to win all of a sudden against the Packers. Like you win a handful of games. You're trending in the right direction. You beat two 11 win teams. Like good things happened. It got better. Even though it seemed bleak, even though it was bleak, like don't, it didn't just seem bleak. It fucking was bleak. They were the worst team I've ever seen. And I don't know. I don't know what happened. The fact that it was trending in the right direction at the end of that season, or this season, I should say, now Dan Campbell's coming into the offseason with the mindset of not, it's not going to be, oh man, what do I do? It's going to be, yes, I fucking knew it. This is working. Let's double down. This is the first season we're going to be here for the whole cycle in person, the first real full offseason he'll have as the head coach of the Detroit Lions. Same for Brad Holmes. He's sitting there now like, okay, it worked. Penny Sewell panned out. Derek Barnes, still some ways to go, but he played. He was a contributor. Aleem McNeil, I thought he was good all season. I, he may have been the third-round guy. And then, of course, Amon Ra in the fourth. Like, Riley Patterson, great find. He's been nails kicking the football. So many guys were Brad Holmes. Double down, doubles down now on his, the way he scouts, his method of evaluating talent. Now he's like, I do fucking know. Like when I say someone's going to be a good, they're going to be a good goddamn player. Like I, I want this guy at number two. 
the fact that they're going to have something to work off, something to grow on, something to point back and be like, yeah, see, it is. It is working. It is working. Things are changing. This does work. The fact that they're going to be able to go into the offseason with that mentality and that kind of energy, that, that is why a win like today is so great. Because the progress was still there, right? Because if they lose a close game, it's like, all right, whatever. Aaron Rodgers did play the first half. Like, yeah, he did play the full game. If he does, do they win? Probably not. He played the first half. They came back. They won the game. Or no, they didn't come back. They had the lead on him in the first half. Had to come back on Jordan Love. The fact that you you finish on a win and you finish with no doubt. You finish with no, yeah, we lost, but there were some other. You finish with, we won. We, we went on as winners, beat a good fucking team. Like, I know Aaron Rodgers is incredible. There are other reasons. Those guys have 11 or 12 wins or whatever it is, or 13 even. You have the proof to the pudding. Now you have time to implement what you need to do from a coaching side, from a front office side, from a roster, like roster addition, roster management side. And it's go time. And it's go time. And if what happened these last eight weeks are any indicator of what's going to happen next season and the next few years and just the future of this regime here, I feel incredible about it. I really feel incredible about it. And I, I call it drinking the Kool-Aid. I'll have another. Please, I'll have another. How could you not believe in these guys? How could you not after what's happened? They turned those close losses. They turned them into ties. They turned that or a tie. <laughs> they turned that tie into a win against a really good team. You could have said, a lot of people said, all right, they'll be good there. They got their win. Now it's fucking, let's close it out. They could have they could have mailed it in. They turned that one win into a second win. They turned that second win into a third win against the team that's going to the playoffs that the NFC runs through. That, that happened. That happened. That's fucking real. They didn't have anybody come back from injury. Swift came back, but he was there for a little while at the beginning of that run. Like, they didn't have a huge addition. There was no random influx or infusion of talent. Nothing happened. They didn't get their all-star quarterback back. Like, nothing like that. They just grinded away. They committed to their process. They committed to the way they were going to win football games, running the football, play action. Dan Campbell, creativity. I mean, honest to God, how many games this year, how many times? I Tough to say the game directly, but how many times in games this year are we just, whoa, they pulled out like four or five trick plays today. They were playing like they want to win. Jack Fox, you might have to start listing the guy as a quarterback. He throws the ball so much. The fucking the double reverse where they like run a jet sweep and then he hands it back to a wideout and then he throws it back to Jared Goff. That type of play is becoming like a package, like as common as lining up in the I formation. That shit's standard. Dan Campbell, like he's going to throw the kitchen sink at you every week. How many games have we won this year because of his aggressiveness aggressiveness on fourth down? Because of the fact he plays with the mindset of, listen, we're here to win. I'm not going to just let you guys decide our fate. I want our guys to decide our fate. I fucking love that about him, the way he goes forward on fourth. The looseness and the, the discipline and the execution of special teams – where he's like, you know what? Fucking fired up. 
we haven't got, we haven't run a fake punt yet this game. Let's get one going. Like his willingness to use special teams as a weapon. I think he was the tight ends coach with the Saints, right? I don't know who uh, the Lions' special teams coach is. I don't know what about Dan Campbell's. Um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. Like Dan Campbell's regime and Dan Campbell's philosophy. That's the word I'm looking for. Philosophy. That's the boy. I don't know what about Dan Campbell's philosophy is like, we're going to be elite on special teams. I don't know where that came from because the special teams is fire into a T like the offense. Even we started to run the ball. Like we just run the ball on teams. Swift was out. Craig Reynolds from Netflix to hundred yard rusher. Like he's winning the way that he wants to win. He knows the formula for the way he wants to win. Like, give me, give me a team that is elite on special teams. Okay. That is creative in the play calling that is doing everything they can to maximize every possession and maximize every player's potential. A team that, that wants the the fate of the game to be decided by them. They're going to go for it on fourth and one, instead of punting it away or kicking the field goal. Like love that attitude. And, and a team whose identity is we're going to run the football. And then once we do start running the football, we're going to implement the play action. And maybe we don't have the fastest wide receiver. Maybe we don't have the biggest guy to go up for a 50-50 ball. Maybe we don't have the flashiest quarterback with the best arm or athleticism or any of that. But you know what we do have is the fucking fear of God in our opponent's hearts. You know what we do have is every single time the opposing defense lines up for a snap, all they're thinking about is which way are they running the ball? Who's getting the ball in the run here? Where's DeAndre Swift going to fucking explode out of next? Like, we don't need the fastest guys. We have the formula. And you know what's scary? You know what's scary? What happens when you use this formula, when you use something that's worked? with minimal talent. When you use something that's worked against good teams, what happens when you bring a little bit of your own talent to the table? What happens then? That's what I would like to find out. That's what I do think we're going to find out. And that's why I couldn't have more faith in these guys. And why I say things like, even if you're a pessimist where you're like, oh, 30 years, the Lions has never seen him, which I'm there too, bro. It, 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 I know 24 years isn't the longest. 24 years, long time. Let me tell you that. Long time. Maybe not as long as you. You've gone without seeing him win. 24 years, long goddamn time. So I feel the pessimism. I was there to watch them in person lose that game to the Ravens. I fucking, I was there. I, I was a part of that day. I understand where you're coming from. But at some point, at some point, you got to get behind these guys. At some point, they're doing a good job. At some point, the signs are there. It isn't a house of cards. It's a house made of fucking cement and bricks and concrete and stone. And then maybe a little wood trim for the interior. Like it is a, a solid house. Those banisters, they're not moving a muscle when you shake them. It is a gorgeous house. The chimney integrity is incredible. No house of cards, house of, of brick and stone is where we're at. When you run the ball, when you have a good play action game, you have creativity in the passing offense, you can score points, and they've proved that this year. What happens when Jared Goff turns into top 15 quarterback in the NFL? What happens when 
Amon Ra is the number two because the number one is, uh, I don't know, Jamison Williams. What happens when you can you can go on the road? You can play in fucking Chicago in December. You can play anywhere and you can go, okay, great. We're just, our offensive linemen are just going to move your defenders around. They're just going to push them wherever they want. Um, and our running back who has incredible vision and athleticism and quickness. Yeah. He's going to just come out of nowhere. Essentially. It's going to feel like you're in a 3d movie, the way he just explodes through the hole. And we're going to get like six yards every fucking time. And guess what? Right. When you think there's no possible way we're going to throw the ball, there's no way they wouldn't run it. Exactly. What we're going to do is throw it and you're going to get burned. You get talent involved with a scheme that works, which is the right scheme, the way you're supposed to win football, the line of scrimmage. How could you not be bullish on these guys? And we haven't even we haven't even sniffed the defense. These guys, again, they gave up some points today, but they make stops when you need them. If you've watched those Dan Campbell, like the post-game clips when they're in the locker room, I think the Lions post them on Twitter. When you watch those clips, he's constantly me- he's constantly mentioning the defense, and he's right. He mentions a key point where they go for it on fourth down, and they didn't get it. And you know what? They needed a stop because now momentum's involved, and the defense got the stop. Yeah, the defense still gave up 30 or 33 or whatever it was. They got the stop when they needed it. They got the back-breaking stop. Like, they kept them in the game, which is all you can ask for. All you can ask for. And if this team becomes predicated on the offense and running the ball and scoring points, because they have, dude, let's face it. Even if you dislike Goff, Boyle was fine. I've, I'm not the biggest Goff fan. It's noted that I'm not the biggest Goff fan. He's gotten better. His his games are improving. He's putting up nicer sets. The offense is running smoother. You go into the games now, like these last few weeks, I'm expecting the Lions to get in the end zone like twice, three times maybe. I'm like expecting it. They score points. And the defense, they've had a couple games where the offense isn't there and the defense shuts someone down. They've had games where they're good. They're giving up. Oh, they gave up 24. Like that's not terrible. And they've had games like today where, yep, they're giving up 30-something points but they're making the stop when they need it. They're still allowing you. They're giving you a way to win the game. And they said, you know what? This is the best we could do. Sorry, fellas. Offense, special teams, this one's on you. And they're, But they're giving you the chance. And talk about doing a lot with a little. Who are these guys out there? I mean, we've got the Aquaras. We knew they'd be a big piece. They were last year. Romeo was at least. Tracy Walker wasn't great last year. He's bounced back incredibly this year. Who else, though? Who else is out there that coming into this season, we were like, we're going to count on them. Jerry Jacobs out of the fucking clouds. Derek Barnes has played more and more. I mentioned Aleem McNeil. He's been great, I think, this year. For a rookie, too, I feel like he gets his name called quite a bit. The corners, Oruwarie has been awesome all season long. Like, and, and they're still missing so much talent. Like Even those guys, I don't know at what level – of talent they are. I don't know if you'd consider them elite talents, but we're still, we're still missing so many areas. It's the same deal. This defense, it could improve for sure, but it gives them a chance to win every week. These last eight weeks, it gives them a chance to win every week. It feels like maybe not. They got blown out recently, didn't they? They still will have their errors. And again, that's where the need talent. 
like at some point you need talent. But what happens when they do get that talent? Oh yeah, the Seahawks put up 51 on them. Can't give up 51 points, but the game before that, Falcons 20, and they lost that game. That's a good defensive game. Cardinals only had 12. Great. Unbelievable. Broncos 38. That ain't good. Vikings 27. You can live with that. You can live with that. Bears 16. Browns 13. You can live with that. Steelers 16. Eagles 44. You can't. Rams 28. You can live with that, I think. Bengals 34. That's tougher. Vikings 19. Bears 24. 19. 35. And then we're back at the at the opener 41. You can live with that. What happens when they get some talent, dude? What happens when we get Kayvon Thibodeau and now we just have to rush for? And any passing down, all we got to do is rush for, and we're going to get pressure because we've had pass rush this year. We've had pass rush without the number two overall pick, without Aiden Hutchinson just getting plugged in. What happens when we use our second-round pick on a high-end or our our second first-round pick, I should say, on a high-end safety? What happens when we use that pick on a high-end wide receiver? What happens when we use that pick on a high-end linebacker or a high-end corner like or another high-end defensive lineman? What happens when we plug talent into this defense? It's it's like the possibilities are endless. I feel like we're just at the beginning of it's it's similar to Michigan State. Obviously states deliver the results results much much sooner, but I feel like as far as the Lions go it, it feels like it's working. It feels like it's real and it's working and it's sturdy and it's going to work. And the more talent you introduce and more high character guys, like you want people like Dan Campbell, you want people that are happy to be there that are excited to be going to work every day. Like I said, the most invaluable thing about Dan Campbell, even though he's really improved play calling wise, and it was on full display today. The best thing about Dan Campbell is yeah, maybe he needs some work as a coordinator or as a strategist. But he got guys that come out and play hard and fucking try, do everything in their power to win a game when they were like, what was it, 0-10 or something? They got guys who had every reason to just be like, eh, fuck it. I don't care anymore. I'll show up to get paid. He had those guys fighting like their lives were on the line. That means something. And it feels real. Patricia, we always kind of heard the phoniness. It always kind of felt like, uh, all right, he's the Belichick guy, but uh, he was always kind of, I don't know, in the pressers. He has moments and he would say things and he would give answers where you're like, ah, dude, like just give it a fucking rest. Like Dan Campbell just feels different. He really does. And and we'll see the front office uh, one more year. Brad Holmes has another good draft year. Then I may not like I'm all the way in on them too. I'm already right now. They haven't steered me wrong. It's it feels like it's real. It feels like it's going to work. It feels like the guy in charge, the guys in charge know what they're doing. Like guaranteed know what they're doing. It feels like they have an energy and a passion to do it. It's it, it makes me feel like in ways when it comes to Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell and how badly they want to win and the jobs they're trying to do, maybe this is crazy. (laughs) Maybe this is just the Detroit fan in me, but it does feel like some part of them, maybe it's only 1%, but some part of them wants to win, but wants to win in Detroit, like wants to do it here. 
It's not just, oh yeah, all right, I'll work for the Seahawks. I'll work for the Broncos. I'll work for the Dolphins. I'll work for the Lions. Yeah, who cares? It feels like some part of these guys, and again, maybe not a lot, maybe barely, but some part of them is motivated not only by their jobs, but by the fact that their jobs are in Detroit and they have the opportunity not just to win, but to win with the Lions. They have the, the, the chance to reverse a narrative that's existed on a franchise in a city so desperate for that narrative to die. It feels like they know that they have a chance to turn it around, and it feels like they know that they can turn it around or that they will turn it around. That's like the feeling I get. I don't know if I'm a fucking fanboy or what, but that's the feeling I get. I really do. I watch them speak. I watch them celebrate. I look at the players talk about them and it's like, fuck yeah, dude. Yes, man. Uh, Yes. This is what I want to hear. I'm in on this. And then you watch the games and you watch the way they play and you see the emotion and you see a third win feel like a 10th. And I can't help but wonder what happens when they sign free agents? What happens when they get to draft more players? What happens when guys get more comfortable and the chemistry builds and Amon Ra gets in the lab for an offseason? What happens then? Because it feels like when it does, it will happen. They will add players. They will draft players. The fact that they have two first-round picks this year, they have an opportunity to, to increase their talent level significantly quickly. What happens when that happens? I can't wait to find out. I think it's going to be something good. I've waited 24 years to see what it is. I've waited for this curtain to be lifted. It's still, the the curtain's still down. The show show hasn't begun. Actors and actresses, they're still backstage. But I think I'm going to like what I'm going to see. I know I like the people running the show. I know I like Dan Campbell and, and Brad Holmes. I can't wait. And the people out there, too, that at the beginning of the year were ready to give up on Dan Campbell, fucking, this is why. This is why you have a little belief. What if Dan Campbell had a brain like yours and was like, you know what? Yeah, fuck it. This sucks. Why should that? Why should I believe in me either? Maybe reconsider that one next time. Because guess what? I know you're, you're sure as hell going to be partying and celebrating when they win seven or eight games next year. And then 10 year, 10 games, the one the year after that, I know you'll be there for the good times. So maybe, you know, don't flake so hard. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm so in on the lions. Winning is better than losing. I will fucking, I'll say it till I die. Winning is more fun than losing. That's a fact. I don't care that they lost the draft pick. I don't think it'll matter. Uh, a season that could have been awful was awful at times really ended in a positive way, really ended with the team playing well and the team being fun to watch, and really feels like we're at a point where next year this team could do some things. That's all I got today. Appreciate everybody listening, spreading the word, all that good stuff. Um, Secondstring.com. If you want some clothes, I don't know. I don't really have anything new, but go check it out. (laughs) We're going to get into the streetwear more too, starting probably this week, next week. So check out that. Thanks for the support, folks. Love you guys.